Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Mr. News, hit it! The mainstream media fighting a losing battle to conceal the truth about voter fraud, election fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. So sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of the Ledger Report. A time before people. When the local anchorman reigns supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Ram Ledger. You have the thing that's going to live after this election, no matter what. And that is the videotape that proves that anyone who says that fraud is uh, is uh, and debunked or there is no fraud is just plain blind or lying. Stop tape. Blind? No. Lying? Yes. And YouTube is right in there among the people who are trying to conceal, obfuscate, the truth about the 2020 presidential election. Hello, everyone. Again, I'm Graham Ledger, and this is the Ledger Report, post-election edition, as we try and get to the truth. We're not trying to overturn the election. See, this is, this is how the mainstream media and big tech are framing what we're doing here and what the President of the United States is attempting to do and what Rudy Giuliani is attempting to do. And that is get to the truth, the constitutional truth. And YouTube has the unmitigated gall to come out this week and say, hey, it's going to start taking down videos that are questioning the election results of 2020. If you happen to mention the term voter fraud, voter fraud, voter fraud, they're going to spike the video. We'll see what happens with this video. Are you watching it still or has it been deleted? You let me know. I'm going to post it on other sites as well, of course, including Rumble. But it shouldn't come down to this. It shouldn't be like this. Rest assured, though, I have been here before. And I've talked about this many times, how I'm a recovering member of the mainstream media 12-step process. I'm on step number 11 and a half, so I'm almost fully recovered because I have embraced the United States Constitution. While my former colleagues in the mainstream media continue to embrace their ideology. And they may not be radical. I'm thinking of one friend of mine. He's still a friend. He's still a producer at a CBS affiliate. I won't tell you where. I like him. He's a nice person. But he is so pigeonholed, and he has pigeonholed himself into the modern Democrat Party narrative that as he's producing his newscast every day, He's ignoring the glaring truth. But then again, he could be under the thumb of a news director that's insinuating, not telling direct. This is the way they work. 
They don't, ins- they don't, they don't say, hey, don't include this testimony. I'm going to just play for you in a couple of minutes here uh, in Wisconsin about a person in a nursing home who wanted to vote for Donald Trump but was told, no, you can't vote for Donald Trump. You need to vote for Joe Biden. And they checked Joe Biden for this person. It's unbelievable. Well, that's not enough to overturn the election results. Well, how do we know how many times that happened? This is what is killing me about my friend and, and other friends that still work in the mainstream media and, and, and haven't helped cleanse the mainstream media. They have helped pollute it. They've helped continue this massive deception that's been going on for decades. Now, by the way, this is nothing new. It's just now being exposed to millions and millions of people. Back in the days of Walter Cronkite. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Uncle Walter was biased back then. He just hit it better. He hit it behind his mustache. And Dan Rather, very, very biased, hit it behind his, well, you know, I I challenged President Nixon nonsense, right? Until Dan Rather was finally exposed. Walter Cronkite was never exposed. But all of these people eventually now, because of us, because of the alternative forces that are out there, and that is largely the Internet. The Internet has been the vehicle to expose these frauds. And my former colleagues, my so-called friends, are among them, producing so-called news every day that is nothing more than Democrat radical propaganda. And they don't want to admit that. They don't want to admit it to themselves. They say, well, you know, it's on the news. It's on the wire, right? It was written by Reuters. It was written by Associated Press. Well, the problem is the people at Reuters and the people of the Associated Press are just as corrupt as the people of the New York Times. And, of course, the New York Times is the newspaper of record. It still is for these people, for the mainstream media. In other words, if you watch, and I've watched a couple of times recently, NBC, ABC, CBS, Network News, and it is basically what they do is they take... The New York Times, they open it up and they just regurgitate it in video form. That's effectively what they do. So, yes, these media outlets from network news on down to Peoria, Illinois, and smaller markets than that, the market that I grew up in and on, El Centro, California, USA. My mom used to deliver packages to me. She would put USA on there because she wasn't quite, quite clear where El Centro was, possibly in Mexico, but, of course, it is in the United States. But she would put Graham Ledger, El Central California, USA on it. Send me a care package of food or clothing or whatever. Because back then, you know, I was making, ah, who knows what I was making, $10 an hour or something like that. But I was getting my first job on the air. But the bottom line is, whether it is New York or Peoria or El Central California, USA, it percolates down from the New York Times. And so my buddy at this CBS affiliate gets his news from these various sources, Reuters, Associated Press, whatever, the the local newspaper. And he uses these as the sources for his electronic newscast, that is a television newscast every day. So they feed off each other, right? So the New York Times knows that if it writes a bogus story that says, well, there's, there's not enough evidence. You know, so, so they're tacitly admitting that there's voter fraud evidence, right? But now they're flaming it. Well, there's, there's not enough evidence 
to uh, overturn the election results. Well, how do we know that? Unless you do an investigation. Unless you do your job. Okay, fine. They're not doing their job. So we have Texas. And I'm going to get into the, some of the details of the Texas case that's now pending. And, and if the Supreme Court doesn't take it, God help us. And I, and I mean that. God help this republic. If the Supreme Court does not take this case that was brought by the great state of Texas and they did us one hell of a favor, all Americans, 330 million Americans, they did us all a favor by filing this. I know that the Joe Biden supporters and the radical Democrats and Antifa and Black Lives Matter, they are the enemy without a doubt. And we need to crush them. But they're also Americans. We need to crush them, just like the North needed to crush the South in the Civil War. We need to crush Antifa. We need to crush Black Lives Matter. We need to crush the modern Democrat Party, because the modern Democrat Party is anti-constitutional, as exhibited in the blue states, especially in California. Unbelievable what's going on in California right now, ostensibly because of a virus. Absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Inconsistent. Of course it's inconsistent. Because you have a lunatic governor who's afraid of being recalled making and calling the shots. That's why it's inconsistent. That's why it's hypocritical. Come on, Californians, wake up. Wake up. Listen to me. I've been beating this drum since March. Wake up. And so the rest of the country needs to wake up about what the mainstream media is doing. And it's our job to expose it. So don't let up. Don't let up and pray to God that the Supreme Court takes this case. Now, uh, there's still hope even if the Supreme Court doesn't because what we're seeing here is these states falling in line. In particular, we want to watch the legislatures in the swing states that are the focus of the lawsuit, right? That's Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. We want to watch those legislatures and legislatures very, very carefully. And we're seeing some signs of support within the legislatures of those swing states that are being sued. And that's a good sign. Because if, for some reason, John Roberts, oh, George W. Bush, the gift that keeps on giving, John Roberts. If, for some reason, the John Roberts United States Supreme Court does not take this case, and I I think that they will, I think it's overwhelming now, when you have 17 states... Filing, uh, amicus briefs, friend of the court briefs. And then you have 20 states responding, by the way, led by California, of course. 20 respondents, if you will, um, on behalf of Pennsylvania. (laughs) Of course, California is going to say, no, no, nothing to see there. That's because most of the counties in California use the Dominion voting system. (laughs) I, George Orwell could could not be scripting this uh, anymore. I mean, you think this is the, the sequel to Clockwork Orange. Honestly, what we're living through here is like, I watched that recently, Clockwork Orange, and it, it, you know, it's one of those movies that just kind of boggles your mind and, you, and you, you have these deep mood swings while you're watching it. And You know, 20 years ago, I would have said, oh, it's impossible. Ha! Huh. We're living it now. We're living 1984. We're living Clockwork Orange. The media is trying 
to brainwash us. Now, Clockwork Orange, of course, it was the government that was doing that. But but in this case, it's the mainstream media that's trying to brainwash us, telling us, oh, no, come on, there's nothing to see there. And my buddy, the producer at the CBS affiliate, by not allowing these stories in his newscast for whatever reason, if it's personal on his part, if it's pressure from the news director, if it's pressure from the general manager, I don't believe it's pressure from the general manager because I know the general manager. I don't know the ownership, but I don't believe it's the general manager. Could be the ownership, could be the news director. Don't know the news director in this particular case. I'm just saying, but this is the way the mechanism works. It could be personal bias on his point uh, part. It could be personal bias on the news director. It could be corporate bias. And this, uh, this CBS Philly is owned by uh, now a corporation. Many, many years it was owned by a family that was pretty good, pretty good family, pretty, uh, pretty decent. Um, bottom line is it's up to us to get the, the word out. And it's up to the United States Supreme Court to do its thing. And in this case, per Article 3, a state can sue another state. And yeah, you know, you have these law professors come out, oh, well, it's a, it's a long shot. Okay, it's a long shot. But look at the argument. Look at the facts. And we will in a moment. But first, I want to play this soundbite uh, from testimony in Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin, you know, it's been kind of relatively quiet. Of course, it's been Pennsylvania and Georgia have been the focus of a lot of this. Georgia is what Rudy Giuliani was talking about, where you have the videotape of these boxes, no, these suitcases full of ballots pulled out in the middle of the night and all of a sudden run through the machine. Nothing to see there, mainstream. I wonder if that's been run on my buddy's newscast. I doubt it. Imagine that. Black and white, if you will, voter fraud, voter manipulation, election malfeasance, and not airing on a major market CBS affiliate newscast. I don't know for sure, but if I had to bet my house, unfortunately, I would bet no, he hasn't run it. And by the way, I've told this story before, and I, I want to digress just for a moment. Remember, I'm, I'm, I'm on step 11.5 out of 12, recovering former member of the mainstream media. I think I'm doing pretty well. Um, I haven't had any uh, recidivism that I know of, maybe in my sleep, in my nightmares. Um, but in 2003, yours truly, Grammy, was anchoring the news at this... Um, at a certain CBS affiliate. <laughs> You're going to start piecing this together. I know you are. Uh, <laughs> and so I would, I caught wind of the, the, the attempt to recall then Governor Gray Davis of California. And I approached the powers that be at this CBS affiliate. And I, I approached the news director and his name is Fred D'Ambrosi. I don't know where Freddie is right now. I don't really care. Because he in my opinion, um, is part of the problem, a big part of the problem that we talk about today in terms of obfuscating the truth. And Freddie, you want to call me up, challenge me on it? You want to come on this program? It's fine with me. You got the guts? I know you got a lot of guts. Uh, you want to come on this program? That's fine. Bring it on. Um, so I would approach Freddie and the assistant news director, who will be nameless, who I'm still in contact with, 
Um, and I would say, hey, there's an effort to recall Gray Davis. We need to do a story on this. No, 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 no. That's never going to happen. You're a wing nut. You're a right wing crazy nutcase. Gray Davis is never going to be recalled. I said, you better watch it. There's a move afoot here. I, I smell something. I feel something. And it's bipartisan. No, 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 no. Never going to happen. Well, a couple weeks later, the signatures started gathering. I said, hey, there's momentum building on this. Don't you think we ought to do a story? No, 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 no. A couple, couple hundred thousand signatures. Come on. Never going to happen. And maybe about a week or two later, I come back to them and I say, hey, they're nearing the threshold for the signature drive to put this thing to a vote of the people to recall the governor of California. That. Then the threshold was around 800,000, 900,000. Let's call it 900,000. So they were nearing it. They were, I don't know where they were. I was, I was approaching the main, but so I was beating on the door again, right? No, 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 no. Uh, they're going to run out of time. It's, you know, it's not going to happen. Well, there came a point where they did hit the threshold and these syncophants of the main, of the Democrat party that would be the news director, Fred D'Ambrosi, and the rest of them that were laughing at Grammy during this entire process in 2003 had to eat crow. And they finally had to do the story. And so not only did they do the story, the, the, the blessed part of this, by the way, as much as I'm not an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, uh, of course, we know today Arnold Schwarzenegger won Gray Davis. There was a binary question. Do you want to recall Gray Davis, yes or no? So you could theoretically vote no and then vote for the second question, which was who do you want to vote for governor? to replace him. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think, got 4.2 million votes. And Cruz Bustamante, by the way, people forget, was the lieutenant governor to Gray Davis back then. He came in second. He got somewhere around 2 million votes. But the entire uh, universe of votes in this recall election, I think, was around 9 million, which isn't really all that much in a in a state of... It may have even been 6 million. It was somewhere between 6 and 9 million. I can't remember. You can Google it. Uh, in a state of, uh, you know, 30, probably 30 million people back then. Now California says it has 40 million. Who knows with all the illegals. They eventually had to do the story. And so this is my point. Is that at some point, the mainstream media loses this battle. As soon as the Supreme Court takes this case up, knock on wood that it will, they cannot ignore it anymore. We're going to be at critical mass. And so I hit critical mass in 2003 during the recall of Gray Davis. And it was a blessed, wonderful thing. Because not only was Grammy correct, but Grammy was sent to uh, the Century City Plaza Hotel up there in Los Angeles on election night when Schwarzenegger was sworn in or, or won the election. He wasn't sworn in. He, was, he won the election that night. Century City I think if my memory is serving me right, uh, is the same hotel that Ronald Reagan used to have his election parties at. And it was a it was electric night. You know, Maria Shriver was still married to the guy. And I, um, you know, I didn't I didn't spike the football, but I probably had a little grin, a blank eating grin on my face. So the reason why I want you to hear that story is because we are there. We're reliving 2003, my little microcosm of 2003 at my little CBS affiliate. Well, major market CBS affiliate is now replaying 
in 2020, 17 years later, with all these other Fred D'Ambrosi's out there and all these markets from network news on down, all these Fred D'Ambrosi's are out there saying, no, 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 we're not going to cover the truth. We're going to obfuscate. We're going to conceal. We're going to hide until we can hide no more. And they're betting that the Supreme Court's not going to take the case. I think they're going to lose that bet. Even if the Supreme Court does not take the case, there is hope in these state legislatures in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, that if the Supreme Court does not take it, I think these people have figured out that there is enough evidence out there that they cannot, the legislatures, the governors can do whatever the hell they want. Oh, yeah, I certify the election results. The problem is this crazy thing we call the United States Constitution, Article 2, Section 1, that says that the legislatures shall do what they want with the electors, i.e. certification. So the governor and the secretary of state and the attorney general, attorneys general, they can certify all they want. Means nothing. State Supreme Courts can certify. Means nothing. It's the legislatures and the legislators that need to step up right here, right now. So... In Wisconsin, uh, a gentleman was testifying on behalf of information, evidence that was discovered at certain nursing homes in Wisconsin. Roll tape. Susan said, quote, she told me I really wanted to vote for Trump, but a staff member at her home told me, no, no, he's a bad man. We're voting for Biden. Stop tape. Stop tape. Now, that is a soundbite. That's very, very important. And my buddy, the producer at the CBS affiliate, ought to be hearing that soundbite, but he's not. Because it's not on the news feeds anywhere. And if it's not on the news feeds anywhere, then it's not going to make it into the newscast, is it? If I became news director somewhere, and maybe I will, because I think it's important to pass down the knowledge that I have acquired over many, many years in, in media... And I would love to pass it down in in one form or another, Um, teaching possibly or a news director somewhere. One of the first things I would instruct my crew to do is to make sure that you are monitoring alternative news feeds. And really, alternative news feeds can be a bazillion different sources, compliments of, of YouTube and now, Rumble, Rumble is still in its infancy. Rumble has a heck of a lot of bugs. <laughs> I'm finding out the hard way. Um, but there are alternative sources out there, and that's what I would require my crew to do. And, and this source just happens to be Right Side Broadcasting, which I think um, you know, started out kind of small and, and now has uh, grown. I think they're out of uh, Georgia, as a matter of fact, and uh, they do a pretty good job. So this guy went on to testify more about how nursing homes were affected by this and how dead people voted out of nursing homes. Election malfeasance in Wisconsin. So we've got the video evidence. We've got all kinds of evidence out of Georgia, but we've got that stark video evidence. We have incredible testimony out of Michigan. And God bless that woman. Can't remember her name. Who's been ridiculed now on Saturday Night Live. God bless her. God protect her. And we need to say a prayer for her because she is probably under withering attack right now. Um, there is a ton of evidence out of, of course, Pennsylvania, 
They violated their constitution. They violated the federal constitution. And out of Michigan, uh, Michigan was that, that woman. Out of Wisconsin, we have uh, this testimony and many other testimonies. But just to, I want to give you a little feel for what we're up against. This is the ACLU attorney out of Georgia who is doing a classic mainstream media here. If you can't, or, or a classic attorney move, right? If you can't argue the facts, then you attack the source. And so the ACLU, again, as if we don't have enough evidence already about what the ACLU is all about, we know what the ACLU is all about. It's the legal arm of the modern Democrat Party. And so here you have this ACLU attorney um, giving his testimony, his warped testimony, not based on fact, but based on emotion. Roll tape. The second theme from the affidavits is that every single occupant witnessed rude and aggressive conduct by Republican challengers and challengers affiliated with the EIF. Stop tape. Rude and aggressive. <laughs> Very subjective, right? Maybe they were trying to get to the truth. Maybe they were trying to look at the ballots. Maybe they were trying to get within six feet social distancing of the ballots so they could actually see them. Maybe they saw malfeasance going on. Maybe they saw it and they were being told, go away. How many stories have we heard about these election observers being ejected over and over? Ejected, ejected, ejected. It's like it's Billy Martin at Yankee Stadium. Ejected, ejected, ejected. Rude behavior. Well, I've been accused of being rude before because I have been maltreated. And I would bet you these people are being maltreated. But he, it gets even worse. Roll tape. The audience repeatedly witnessed such challengers asking questions up and on several occasions actually screaming at line staff instead of raising concerns with supervisors as they're required to do. Stop tape. That's because the supervisors were rejecting them. The supervisors were throwing them out of the ballgame. The supervisors were nowhere to be found. The supervisors were pulling ballots out from underneath the tables. The supervisors were in on it. That's why they couldn't get the attention of the supervisors because the supervisors were part of the election scam. Roll tape. Taking photos and video, which is prohibited. Violating social distancing rules, also prohibited, and congregating around poll workers, despite a rule that only one challenger from each party was allowed at each counting table. Numerous audience commented on the disturbing racial dynamic of almost all white challengers acting so disrespectfully towards and endangering the health of majority black election workers. Several audience described the atmosphere as feeling like a plantation. Stop tape. Stop tape. So, it's a joke, right? This guy's not arguing the facts. This guy's not saying, hey, those ballots were not pulled out from underneath the table. This guy's not saying voter fraud didn't take place. He's saying, oh, they felt like they were on a plantation. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's the best you can do? Ah, but you know, an interview like that one, that'll probably make it on the the network news or my buddy's newscast. Because that one will probably make the feed, you see. And so, as I mentioned, we have, what, 17 states. 17 states that have signed on with Texas. And then we have 20 states that have signed on with the defendants, if you will. Uh, That is the swing states of Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. And leading the way of these 20 states that have signed on to certify a corrupt 
method of voting in these swing states is California, of course. The usual suspects, right? California, Colorado, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois. Imagine that. Pritzker joining this. This is how shocking, huh? Maryland. Oh, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada. We had hopes for Nevada, didn't we? (laughs) I warned you about Nevada because there's too much corrupt Democrat party infiltrated the silver state now. When we used to talk about corruption in Nevada, we would talk about Vegas, right? We'd talk about the mob. They look like angels compared to what's going on in terms of the political corruption in the, uh, in the silver state. New Jersey, of course. Governor Wolf, right on that one, because Governor Wolf is part of the conspiracy. New Mexico, New York, Cuomo. How could Cuomo miss this opportunity to try and certify illegitimate election results. North Carolina, where have you gone, North Carolina? It is an absolute shame of what is happening. In North, what, apparently what's happening in North Carolina is what happened in Virginia. And Virginia, of course, has signed on to this one along with Oregon uh, and Washington State. Um, so this is what is before the United States Supreme Court. If you, if you want to research it, it is docket number 220155, Texas v. Pennsylvania. The issue, this is the headline, whether the Supreme Court should temporarily prevent Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin from certifying their 2020 election results. The Supreme Court is infiltrated by the swamp because that's all that needed to be said, but they continued the sentence. Would you like to hear the rest of the sentence? So remember, the first part of the sentence is all fact, right? Whether the Supreme Court should temporarily prevent Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin from certifying their 2020 election results. Now they add the word because. Because changes to those states' election procedures in light of the the COVID-19 pandemic violated the Constitution. (laughs) See, so, so that chunk should have been removed, right? It should be certifying their 2020 election results in violation of the Constitution. That's all it should be said there. Instead, whoever wrote this had to infuse just a little bit of bias, right? They did it. Well, they had a good reason, right? They had a good reason to violate the Constitution because of this virus. You see, this is why I said this is going to be the COVID election way back. When did I first say that? I don't know. May? It's the COVID election. Everything's going to be about COVID. Everything is about COVID. And that was the cover to attack the economy and to attack our electoral process. So things are happening quickly in terms of this petition. And that's what this is, is a petition uh, per the Article 3 of the Constitution. So the, the motion was filed initially. And then the motion to expedite by the state of Texas, which... Makes total sense, right? Certifying the electors and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, January 6th is is coming up. Um, And then Texas asked for a motion for a preliminary injunction. In other words, they want to stop the legislatures of these four states from certifying. And I don't think that they I don't think that they will. You know, again, you can read the headlines. Oh, the governor, Governor Kemp has. What a disaster Kemp is. Compromised by the Chinese? I don't know. Maybe just like Swalwell compromised. By the way, can I digress just for a minute here? 
I had Roger Stone on my program. This is the funniest thing, and I can talk about it now. I had Roger Stone on my program. I was probably a year and a half ago. And it was when Swalwell was running for president. Remember that short flight the Swalwell was on? But Swalwell was also uh, on the Intel Committee, right? And so Swalwell was front and center attacking the president on uh, this phony impeachment. And I had Roger on, and, and Roger kept mispronouncing Swalwell's name on purpose. <laughs> and Grammy had to keep a straight face when Roger Stone would say, That Eric Swallowwell, Swallowwell, Swallowwell. <laughs> just, I could, I mean, I, I said, Roger, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Okay, I digress. So then the uh, the respondents uh, filed, and then we have uh, this amicus brief that was filed by the state of Missouri on behalf of 16 other states. So, And then you, later on, after that, you have Arizona filing, and you'll probably have a couple other um, red states signing on board. But this is not a matter of th- these amount of states versus that amount of states. This is a matter of the Constitution. And the the basic crux of the Texas case and all these other states that have signed on is very, very simple. It's two constitutional violations. One is a violation of Article 2, Section 1, that the state legislatures are in charge of determining the electors, i.e. election law, and not the governor and not the state Supreme Court or any lower courts, not the third branch of government, not the executive branch of government, the legislative branch of government are in charge of the electors and Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Michigan all violated that. They all violated article two, section one, because we know that the governors or the secretaries of state or the attorneys general or the state Supreme Court or the lower courts, whatever, they, they all had their fingers in the process when they should have had none. It's the legislature. So that's a violation of Article One or Article 2, Section 1. The other is a very clean violation of the 14th Amendment, equal protection under the law. Equal protection, period, right? But equal protection under the law. So when you have counties in Georgia that are doing one thing, like checking people's signatures and rejecting the ballots because the signatures don't match. And then you have other counties in Georgia doing something else, like checking signatures and saying, oh, don't worry about it. They don't match. Fine. Or not checking signatures at all. Then you have a clean, clear violation of equal protection. The voters in these counties are not being treated the same as the voters in these counties. And we know that's a problem, not only because of the 14th Amendment, but because of Gore versus Bush, or Bush versus Gore, whatever it was, in 2000. And the Supreme Court, including, I think, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, said, hey, you cannot, Florida, they were talking about back then, you cannot disenfranchise voters with a dangling chad by treating one county differently than another. Period. End of story. End of story. Now, remember, there's, what, one justice, I guess, remaining on the Supreme Court who who ruled 
in Bush versus Gore or Gore versus Bush? Or is it two? No, I think it's two. Make that three. Because I was just thinking about Clarence Thomas. So that would be three. Three of them were involved in the 2000 election. Sorry, I'm doing this on the fly. I'm just I'm going through my mind. <laughs> um, I believe Alito and I believe Thomas. Um, so that would make three that were part of that decision-making process. And you need four justices to say, yes, Texas, we're going to take this case. Again, this would be the judicial crime of the century if they do not take this case. If the Supreme Court, the John Roberts Supreme Court, and you can't get four justices to take this case, that would be the judicial crime of the century if they said, no, we're going to just let this one wither on the vine. It would be, it would be a, a debacle of unbelievable proportions. And, you know, we're just not going to assume that's going to happen. Um, I would like to say personal note thank you to the president of the united states that would be donald j trump for um, retweeting one of my tweets this week i appreciate it because it it uh, it validates what i do Uh, i appreciate his um, exposure for me on uh, his twitter and we're still using twitter even though we're using the alternates parlor for twitter i'm trying to get a handle on me we uh if there's a better one, I, I don't. I, Mewe works okay, but it just seems like there's not many people on it. So if there's something better, let me know. And of course, Rumble to replace YouTube. But these guys, they're in there. The parlor's getting some good traction. I can sense it. I can feel it. Rumble is maybe starting to. It's a little buggy. Uh, Mewe, I don't know. I don't know. So you're going to have to uh, keep me informed on this. But I appreciate the President of the United States for recognizing the work that I do and I've always done. And again, for me, it's not about Donald Trump per se, although I think he's been a great president for this country. For me, it's always about the Constitution. And Donald Trump has been the most constitutional president probably in my lifetime. And, you know, I'm sorry, Ronald Reagan. I think Ronald Reagan maybe capitulated too much to Tip O'Neill and the Democrats. And Donald Trump hasn't. And even though Donald Trump is not a Republican per se, he's not a constitutionalist per se, he's not a conservative per se, he is governed from the heart and from the soul. And Donald Trump's heart and soul is by divine intervention, by default, I don't know, is constitutional. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing because we didn't know in 2016, going into 2017 when he was taking office, how how he would govern, but he has governed brilliantly and brilliantly pro-life by the way and and that can't be overlooked either all right so the ledger register this week is the one that um, i'm staying with i want to stay with it i'm just warning you now until january 20th because this is it this is the question and it is if you go to gramledger.com Who will be sworn in as president of the United States on January 20th, 2021? Will it be Donald Trump, Joe Biden, or Nancy Pelosi? And again, I've said before, as much as you say, (gasps) Nancy Pelosi. If Nancy Pelosi is sworn in as an interim president, that is, you know, a day, a week, a month, that's a good thing, right? We actually kind of want to hope that there's (laughs) President Pelosi for a day or two. Honestly, think about it. That would mean that we're winning. 
that would mean that we have some constitutional hope. That would mean that the Constitution is being deployed the way the framers would have wanted and the way the 12th Amendment is supposed to work, right? So not a bad thing. When you go to GrahamLedger.com, don't forget you can order these uh, beautiful sunglasses. I always stick them in the box and I have to open them up. You can also uh, check out the plan that I have to fix California. And if you'd like to help out, um, that would be great. These wonderful sunglasses, I can get to you in time for Christmas, I think. Uh, but you got to order uh, pretty quickly here. Um, they have the Ledger logo on them right there. And they're made pretty well. You know, they're, they're metal. They're not heavy, but they're metal. So, you know, if you drop them, you're going to be okay. So they make a nice little uh, stocking stuffer. So if you'd like to uh, order them, uh, feel free. You don't have to. Um, no obligation, as they say. And don't forget to share this podcast, please. We're getting some really good numbers, folks, and I really appreciate uh, you sharing, but share and share alike. Please continue to share because this is how we grow the program. This is how I grow. It's how maybe I can make a dollar uh, doing this. Um, yes, you know, eventually maybe I'll end up somewhere. We'll see on uh, national television. But I want to keep doing this because this allows me to do and say things that I can't do on on national television. And I'm always going to make it G-rated, by the way. I don't mean I'm going to use bad words or anything like that because I'm try and be a professional. And professionals don't use bad words on the air. So, uh, but I, I do go places like my story in 2003. I don't know if I would have told that uh, uh, on the air or not. Maybe, maybe not. Nothing bad about it. Or naming names like Fred D'Ambrosi. Um, but the bottom line is, please share this uh, if you can. And remember that in the end, the mainstream media is fighting a losing battle here. And the losing battle is, is very simply the truth. Because just like in 2003, when I was fighting for the truth and ultimately the truth did come out and ultimately the governor of California was recalled, ultimately the mainstream media and big tech lose this battle to conceal the constitutional truth about the 2020 election. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the archives, the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right.